I just knew, yeah. and I wasn't going to give up yeah. that. And he says the same, yeah. Matt. Yeah. I don't know what it was. He still makes me laugh. I still love the bones of him, Matt. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, yeah. that. I feel like I was a little bit late to the love scene. Didn't really have any boyfriends through my teenage years until I was about 17 or 18. And then went in full force to make up for lost time. My intimate relationships have been somewhat bouncy <laughs> and rocky along the way. I've navigated many confronting truths and very often found myself lost within who I am and what that means. Relationships are often the talking point or the point that I feel I want to really get right. Can we ever get it right though? Today's guest is Anna Lees and she has quite an inspirational story to share. Anna is actually the mum of our other guest within this series, Angela Shaw. So she was someone that I hadn't talked to a lot, but I had heard her story years ago and really wanted to capture the amazing journey that it took. It's hard to describe it exactly until you get hooked into the story in this episode. And first and foremost, I must apologize for the quality of audio in this episode. Anna is a little tech shy and so we actually recorded this episode over the good old-fashioned telephone. In listening to the story that we are about to share, it's quite a hard balance, I think, to stop, start and all the things in between with a bad quality line. Honestly, I was so engrossed in a lot of the story that the audio quality wasn't at the forefront of my mind for some reason. Very unusual, so we know that it's a good one. I'm Linda Bonney, and this is Stories with a Sunday Roast. Anna, welcome to the community. I am so glad you have joined us. Why don't you start by just introducing yourself and who you are, where you are, and a little bit about where you've come from and that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, we can go from there. Okay then. Um, my name is Anna Christina Lees. I was born in Melbourne. My father was a journalist. That I have an older sister and a younger brother. My brother was born in Surrey in England and my older sister was born in Melbourne. And we moved around quite a lot but settled in Auckland when I was five. Yep. I'd already started school in Melbourne, but we ended up in New Zealand because my mum's sister had died of asthma. So oh, wow. she just wanted to be back with her family. Mm -hmm. Then I grew up in Auckland. Um, Dad was away a lot as a journalist, mm -hmm. and including nearly a year away in 1958 when he was invited to go to 
the United States to work on newspapers there. Oh, wow. And he <laughs> he met many famous people, yep. including JFK. Oh, and really? Kennedy. Wow. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and I have an unpublished photo of Jackie Kennedy holding Caroline. It's never been published. My dad took it on a rolly cord oh. camera. <laughs> and the original, my brother has the original. Yeah. But, yeah. but yes, so dad travelled a, a lot with his work and mum was at home. Life became quite hard when I was 13. Mm. My older sister was, she's three years older than me, and she was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Mm, right, and yeah. she was moved from her boarding school to the school that I was at, but um, she ended up in mental hospitals and that. And mm. yeah, she's just turned 75 in Auckland in a retirement village. And I never thought that she would live till 75. No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. No. Not at all. No. And our relationship comes and goes. I can't talk to her on the phone because she's deaf. Mm-hmm. But I I write to her and I have to be careful what I write because sometimes she <laughs> gets a bit mad about the uh, things. <laughs> misinterpreted. And she and yeah. my brother have an on and off relationship, mm-hmm. that, which is a bit of a worry thing I'm over here. But, mm-hmm. that, but we get there. But when I was 21, I worked in a shipping agency yep. from when I was 18 until I was 21. And I decided that I wanted to travel and I needed to travel. Do you think you got that from your dad? I got that from my dad and my mum. My uh-huh. mum had been an army nurse uh-huh. and she met my dad in Cairo oh, during what? the war. Oh, wow. And she'd lost, she lost her first husband. He was in the Army New Zealand Forces and he was killed in Crete oh. and they hadn't been married very long. And mm. she was working in an insurance company, so she decided to sign up with the VAD nurses and she ended up in Cairo and she'd worked with my dad's brother. So he gave her a letter of introduction to my dad mm. and she ended up <laughs> marrying him. Oh. <laughs> and, her, and her mum wasn't very happy because her mum had lined her up from with somebody else from the little village where mum came from mm. in the north of New Zealand and mum really didn't want her to marry this um, <laughs> journalist, vagabond. Yeah. Yep. Vagabond. yep. <laughs> Seemed a bit too skitsy, skitsy, or um, yeah, <laughs> a bit too dreamlike, yeah. dreamlike almost. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So mum married dad once she got back to Auckland again, yeah. and that, so I suppose I was kind of inspired by her the things I got up to. Mm. But I worked in a shipping agency until I was twenty-one, and I ended up going on a ship from Auckland. It took six weeks. That gave me time to adjust to looking after myself. Mm. And I'd met a Scottish lad just before I set off. Um, And I ended up in London, working in London for a few weeks. And then Michael's ship arrived back in the UK. And I told him that I really hated London. It wasn't what I'd pictured for my 
working holiday. So he came down and picked me up and we ended up back in on the west coast of Scotland. And that was all right for a few weeks. And then I realised I really did need to get a job. Mm. So he asked me whether I wanted to, to work in Glasgow or work in where did I want to be. And I'd already had a look at Glasgow and I thought, no, no, take me across to Edinburgh and let's see what I think of Edinburgh. Well, actually, to have the so, choice, the choice would be quite luxurious, actually. I do yeah, think. And he wanted to plant me somewhere before he went back to sea again. Uh-huh. So yeah. we yeah. ended up staying in a little bed and breakfast yeah. and he got out the Scotsman newspaper and he turned to the bed and breakfast and bed sits and things like that. And he's like, pick one and ring it up. (laughs) (laughs) I did. And I ended up, my landlady had actually been to New Zealand. And she's like, oh, you know, a New Zealand girl. Yes, come round and see me. And this woman was hilarious. She'd never married. She said that she had more fun being single. And she did. <laughs> a bit of a wild child, wasn't she? <laughs> no, she was great fun. She really was. Yeah. And yeah. she played the cello and she used to have <gasps> musical evenings. Wow. And I played the piano, so I used to get cheap rent. Awesome. You were, you were the accompany. Because I played the piano for these <laughs> very badly, <laughs> but I got away with it. I'm a violinist, so there you go. I'm a violinist in my previous childhood. Ah. Slash, yeah, don't pick it up much now. <laughs> <laughs> well, my piano playing's not very good now, but back then it wasn't too bad. Yeah. yeah but we had a lot of fun with her musical evenings. Do you remember any of the pieces you played? Um, Claire de Lune mm-hmm. and um, what were some of the other ones? And a lot of sort of Scottish folk songs and ah, things yeah. like that as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, and she was wonderful and I loved it a bit. That she's a great lady. Yeah. Then um, what happened then? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the Scottish boyfriend ended up getting somebody else pregnant. Oh, Oh. And marrying her. Right. Yes. So that fizzled. It broke my heart. Oh. <laughs> yes. Mm. But I got over it in the end. Mm-hmm. But it took a while. Mm. And on the ship on the way back to New Zealand, I'd met a girl from Wolverhampton who was in the same cabin mm-hmm. as me, Susie. And <laughs> she was fun. And... I met Andy on Anzac Day in 1975 because in New Zealand on Anzac Day back in 1975, absolutely everything was shut. There uh-huh. were no buses, nothing. Right. It was a real commemoration of the Anzacs. Yeah, and, mm. and Susie was staying with me and she's like, what are we going to do, you know? What are we going to do all day? And I'm like, well, you don't do anything. You get up and you go to dawn service, mm-hmm. which we I'd done. She hadn't. And yep. Then, you know, you just have a quiet day, you know, just reflecting. So then we're sitting on the deck at my parents' place and there's a ship going down the channel. And where the house was, all the ships passed my parents' house. Mm-hmm. 
and there's this ship going past and she's like, um, do you know what company that is? And I'm like, yes, it's the company I used to work for. And she's like, oh, well, you could ring up and see if there's anybody that you know on board and they might be having a party because oh, right. they're going to be bored because it's Anzac Day as well <laughs> for them. So <laughs> ring them up. Yep. <laughs> and this shipping company used to have crew that were either Indian or Bangladeshi, not mixed, just either Indian on one ship, Bangladeshi on the other. Yep. So I ring up and Andy answers the phone and I said, I explained and I said, you know, hello, I, yeah, I used to work for your company and I just want to see if there's anybody I know on board. And he says, what do you want, wogs or whites? Oh, right. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> whites, please. <laughs> Things weren't very PC back then. No. <laughs> we are 1975 so after all. <laughs> no. He reads on the list of the officers mm-hmm. in a broad Lancashire accent I couldn't understand a word he said oh. <laughs> and I'm like I don't think I know anybody and then he's like oh well you can come and meet some new people do you want to come to a party tonight and Susie is jumping up and down next to me going, waving her arms and going yes yes yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> So we agreed, mm-hmm. but then we realised that we couldn't get to town because to, it was over the Harbour Bridge and on the other side of the city where the wharves were. Mm. So we got ourselves all dressed up in that and we hitchhiked. Yep. And <laughs> <laughs> we got a ride with a man who was going to preach at at a church and we're sitting in the back of the car, you know, discussing going to this party and that. And when he let us out on the other side of the city and that crossed over the Harbour Bridge on the other side of the city (laughs) and he handed us a card for his church and said that we needed to come. (laughs) (laughs) That we needed help. So then we trotted along to the wharf. Susie didn't have a pass, but I had a pass that was like a permanent wharf pass. So we're walking down onto the wharf and that, and Andy was sitting on the floor in the gatekeeper's box so that that he could have a look before we got there Mm -hmm. so that he could tell the gatekeeper if, if he didn't like the look of the of us <laughs> we were trouble uh-huh, and he right. could <laughs> kind of yank on the gatekeeper's trousers and tell him not to let us down on the wharf yep. that but he decided that we looked okay uh-huh. so he he stood up <laughs> i remember saying to susie as soon as i saw andy i said i made that phone call he's mine uh- <laughs> <laughs> classic <laughs> <laughs> so, so we get onto the ship and oh that was something else because it, as we walked up the gangway and walked into the foyer it just smelt of marijuana yeah, right. but my dearly beloved revealed he's never ever smoked marijuana and he had no idea yep. that it smelt of that ah yes he and, just thought it was flowery or something did he <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Innocence. So we get on board and as soon as he's jumping up and down and all excited, 
mm-hmm. that. And we were invited down into the bar on the ship, which they call the saloon. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we're in the bar, and we realised that there's nine officers and just us two girls right. at that stage. <laughs> so much for them having a party. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they wallpapered the bar with, it was like wallpaper, like fake shelving. And Andy offered us both a drink, and I stood kind of next to him, and he said, you know, he was asking all about us and that, and got me a drink, and I went to put it from what I thought was actual shelving, and it wasn't. It was this wallpaper, and oh. the drink went down the wall. Oh, no. And he was laughing, <laughs> and there's drink everywhere, and that all over his feet and everywhere. <laughs> and things, things just went from there. <laughs> and it was just Andy and I, and we just hit it off. Yeah. Just straight away. He mm. was just so so easy to talk to. And that. But going back a bit, when we ca- when we were walking along the wharf before we got on board, he turned to me and said, I'm divorced. If you don't like it, you can F off. And I'm like, well, okay then. Mm-hmm. And he said, <laughs> I didn't. Yep. But he, yes, he'd married a girl that he'd gone to school with. And he'd taken her to sea on an SO tanker and got off with one of the greasers. And he didn't know until he was called up to the captain and told that all the other lads were arguing with this greaser because they wanted to tell Andy. And she got sent home from the next port. And then he went home from the port after that to go and sort everything out at home. So he was quite... Bruised when yeah. I met him. Mm. Sounds a tiny bit like, you know, they're going away and getting someone else pregnant. Obviously, your your Scottish lad wasn't yeah wasn't married. You weren't married and deep in a relationship at the time, but you probably both had a similar way of um, yeah being able to understand each other on some sort of level as well. Yes, mm. yes, definitely. He'd been stung, I'd been stung. Mm. And that, so so the next day, well, Susie had gone gone off with the fourth engineer <laughs> and that, who was from the wilds of Scotland from a place called Furzo. Oh, right. And she had it off with Iva straight away as well. So the next day we went out to one of the West Coast beaches yep. in Auckland. But Susie and Ivor were getting on great then as well. And things just progressed mm. and the ship sailed. We met them on Anzac Day. The ship would have sailed, that was the 25th, it would have sailed about the 27th. Yeah. And then they, it went round the coast of New Zealand and ended up in Wellington. He'd, he was ringing me from every port. Oh, and wow. yes. when he got to Wellington, he rings me up. That was May the 4th. Mm-hmm. And he, he says, come down to Wellington. And I'm like, well, I can't because I haven't got any money or anything. And he says, get some, you know, and if you can't, I know you don't love me. No. So my parents were out and I was sitting on the wall outside our house in Auckland 
and that bawling my eyes out. So I even booked the flights before I had any money to pay for them. Yeah. But no, I made it to Wellington that night. And when, and Andy's in the airport there. And when I walked through the airport from the plane, he says, what took you so long? Oh. <laughs> He's just so upfront by the sounds of it from the very beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's very funny. Uh-huh. It's very funny. Yeah. That, so we get down on the ship and it was beautiful. You know, all the lights over Wellington Harbour and they said to come on board and say hello to everybody again. Mm-hmm. And then we had a drink and then he's like, come out on the deck and look at all the lights and everything. So I went outside with him and then he, he says, um, do you want to see some more lights in a few different places? Yep. And I'm like, you know, well, what do you mean? And that. So then he says, well, marry me. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> I just love how how much you can remember this story as well. It's almost like it was yesterday. You you seem to be able to recall it so vividly just through what you've shared only so far. And I know there's more to come. (laughs) So then it was quite... It's amazing that it actually happened because mm. there was we had to get permission for me to go. Um, he had to get his divorce papers sent from UK. We had to get permission from Bankline for me to sail with him. All manner of things. I had wow. to get all the injections and um, yellow fever and cholera and all the different vaccinations before I could sail with him. But the captain was amazing mm. helping. Mm and another official person who helped as well. Mm. But, and then we had to find somebody to marry us because <laughs> Andy was divorced because mm-hmm. I wanted to get married in the Seaman's Mission because a friend of mine was the Padre in Auckland and, and he was really happy to do it. But then his higher-up bosses said no. Yep. And I'm not religious and nor is Andy, but we just thought it would be nice if we got married in the Seaman's Mission. But we ended up having to get married in the registry office in Auckland because nobody else would marry us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was still lovely. Yes. Can, can you tell me a little bit about that that day? Well, um, Andy arrived the night before. By this stage, Susie was engaged to Iva, ah, the fourth engineer. Right. So, ah. <laughs> and told her parents, and she's an only child, so her mum and dad said, well, don't do anything. You know, wait, you're both from the UK, you and Ida, so come back to the UK and get married in the UK. I booked the registry office for different occasions, and each time the ship couldn't get over the bar in Olympia because it's quite hard to get into the harbour there if the weather's not very nice. Mm. So I'd ring up and I'd say, no, it's not going to be tomorrow, and the girl in the registry office would say, oh, having trouble catching your man oh. <laughs> like that. It's like, no, actually quite the opposite. <laughs> yeah. So, and I'd already left work. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many stag parties Andy had on that ship oh. while, and over <laughs> while they were waiting for it to come, be able to come over the bar. But oh. they finally made it and he got over the bar on 
the 26th of May. Mm-hmm. So I rang up the registry office and like it's going to be tomorrow. And Ivor was with him and Ivor was going to be the best man. And Susie was going to sort of stand there and be my bridesmaid. So the two of us go out to the airport on the airport bus and we meet the blokes and Susie goes off with Ivor and Andy comes back home with me yep. and my mum had organised a cake and everything and she's ringing all around the relatives and I'm ringing all around my friends and we just had the party at mum and dad's. But the next day, Andy set off in a taxi and went to get his hair cut. I just made a dress. I just finished off a dress that I was sewing, so I just wore that. And we get to the. I couldn't get hold of Susie, and Andy couldn't get. We couldn't get hold of Susie and I. So we're wondering what they're up to. And we get to the registry office. No sign of them. Mm. Couldn't. Couldn't get in touch with them. So we got married. And it was my mum and my dad and my brother and my friend Deirdre and her mum and Andy and nobody else because they wouldn't let my workmates out of the office because it was lunchtime. And my dad recorded it. I've still got a recording. Oh, wow. And then we get back home again and getting ready for the party. And that, and Andy takes his jacket off, and I'm like, "Why have you got pink stuff all down your back?" And he said, "Oh, well, when I went to get my hair cut, I was flirting with the hairdresser." And then <laughs> she said, "Well, you know, you said, what are you doing for the rest of the day?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm going to get married." And she wasn't very impressed, so she squirted pink conditioner all down the back of his shirt. Oh no. <laughs> So then we get, we're getting ready for all the guests to arrive and it was the best party and that it really was. It was so mm. much fun. My mum had organised the cake and she'd standing at the door and every time anybody arrived, she'd be going, you know, oh, a ham, oh, a turkey, oh, cake. <laughs> <laughs> and there wasn't any shortage of food or anything like that. It was great. And a friend of mine came along with some French sailors that um, we used to belong to something called Navy League in mm-hmm. Auckland. And I joined it during the, when it was the Vietnam War. And you used to billet sailors from American warships and various other warships. And that my mum and dad loved it. They'd meet all these different people from all around the world. So my friend Maggie belonged to it as well. And there was a French warship in port and she had French sailors staying at at her mum and dad's house. So she brought all these French sailors along with loads of wine. (laughs) That's French wine, yeah. And after all the speeches and everything, my dad ended up sitting on the floor in front of our fireplace in that with all these French sailors and <laughs> that chatting away in French. That no, was great. Wow. Then after that, the next day we, yeah, we stayed the night at my parents' house and then the next day we went to the travel lodge in the city and we decided to stay the night there, the first night of our honeymoon before we made our way back to the ship because my dad was going off to... I think it was Germany mm-hmm. the next day. And I mm-hmm. thought, well, I don't know when I'm going to see that again. 
Yep. I want to be there by so I can say goodbye the next morning. That and we did that. We spent the night in the travel lodge on the waterfront in Auckland. And then the next day dad came to say goodbye before he went on the airport bus at the airport. And when he met us, he said, I've just walked down the street and there's a pillow in the street, just out out laying in the street. And Andy and I, we're laughing away looking at him because the night before, I'd come out of the bathroom wearing a frilly nightie. Mm-hmm. And Andy mm-hmm. had said to me, you know, what are you wearing that for? And I threw a pillow at him, not knowing that the window was open oh. and the pillow went <laughs> out the window landed in the street for life. <laughs> so, so Dad, looking at the pair of us and we're laughing away, you know, don't know about any pillow. <laughs> uh. Then we went to get a hire car. After we said goodbye to Dad, we got hire car. Yep. We'd already said goodbye to my mum and my brother and my sister. Lots of tears because I didn't know when I was going to see them again. No. no. But we set off. Um, we went to Rotorua, which is a big touristy place in New Zealand, and we stayed the night there and had a lovely night. Night, and we went to look at all the touristy things like the hot pools and the trout and. Then we set off the next morning in the rental car and we were driving between Rotorua and Napier mm-hmm. and a young lad who worked for the forestry in New Zealand, he ran into the back of our car oh, no. and completely wrote the car off. And we oh. had wedding presents and all sorts in the car. Um, we weren't hurt apart from whiplash, but yeah. there was glass and all sorts all through our luggage and petrol. Mm. Mm. And we were sitting on the side of the road afterwards, and oh, the guy was his wrecked car was on the other side of the road, and that. And I remember walking across to where he was, and he was kind of sitting on the side of the road and they're just surveying everything and trying to flag down another car. And I walked across the road and that, and this guy's just standing there with, with blood all over his face. And, and I remember whacking him in the face and saying, we've ruined our honeymoon. And then just walking back across the road again. And Andy's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then I was sitting by the side of the road crying I used to smoke back then and I took a cigarette out of my handbag and went to light it and I've never seen anybody move so fast as Andy and that. And he just kind of landed on top of me and there was petrol in it everywhere. We were sitting in it Mm. and and he still Mm. talks about how it was just so lucky Mm. that I didn't light that cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. And then we... Some other people came along and they got us into their car and that and, and took us back down to the ship again. And then this, um, we organised insurance and everything and surveyors came down and tried to sort out, you know, what was mm. left of all. Because there was glass through everything because people had given us bottles of alcohol for wedding presents mm. and I'd wrapped it up in our clothes. and mm-hmm. that, So we had to go shopping for clothes and that before we left Napier. Mm-hmm. That, but people were amazing. My my brother came down with his then girlfriend, who became his wife, and she, he got sent down by my mum and dad to make sure we really were 
all all right. Yeah. Matt. But yeah. it was a bit hard seeing him because we'd already said goodbye and then you saying goodbye again. So mm. I was a bit of a cop case when we left yeah. from Napier. Yeah. Mm. And then we went up around the islands, around New Guinea and Right. Then we set off. We ended up on the continent, and we could have gone back home to Andy's parents, met Andy's parents then. But we decided to stay on for a little bit longer. So we went all the way up to Norway, and then back down to De Denmark. And we left the ship in Denmark. And before that, I had spoken to his folks on the phone when he met me, mm -hmm. and then. Um, Oh, they were really sweet. Um, his mum, when he first told her, she said, oh, is she a Maori girl? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> my folks, when we got engaged in Wellington and I rang up to tell my folks that we'd, we were getting married, they were out and my brother answered the phone. It's about half past ten at night. Yep. And Simon answers the phone and he goes, hello. And I'm like, hello, um, mum and dad there? And he's like, no, you woke me up and he hung up. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and my poor mum waited all the next morning for me to ring up to mm -hmm. say why I was singing. She had an idea. Mm -hmm. But we were, Andy and I were busy going around um, yeah. getting a wedding ring. And we, got, <laughs> well, we finally rang about two o'clock in the afternoon. She's like, you got something to tell me? I'm like, oh, yes, mum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she was lovely. She was like, oh, good, I like him. <laughs> we get to, to Copenhagen mm -hmm. and we flew back to the UK from there. That We had a lovely time in Copenhagen going to Tivoli Gardens and Yes, it was it was really good fun. We had fun in in Europe. That we in Norway, we were on a train. We decided to um, we were in a tiny little port, unloading copra, which is coconut, squashed mm. coconut, and they use it to make shampoo and soap and different things. And it smells absolutely dreadful. It doesn't smell like, you know, nice coconut smell. It smells awful by the time it's been in the ship's hold mm -hmm. for weeks and weeks oh, and yeah. weeks. Oh. It stinks. Oh. And this whole little town stunk of it. That was the the main thing. It was an army barracks in the town and this soap and shampoo making factory. Right. So, and there wasn't very much else going on in the little town. So we decided that we would get the train from there for the day and go down to Oslo because I wanted to see the old sailing ship, the Vasa, in the museum in Oslo. So we got this train, and we were going all through beautiful forests and things. We were sitting facing two old ladies, and Andy sitting next to me, and we're looking out at all the beautiful scenery and that, and trying to kind of strike up a conversation with these women, or just you know, see if they wanted a cup of tea or anything like that, and nothing. Mm -hmm. So Andy says to me, he says, I bet you can't make them laugh. <laughs> so I'm thinking, what can I do? And, that, and in the end, I thought I had a bit of a trick where I could take my bra off 
down my sleeves. Yep, yep. That, yep. So I've done I, that. I've done I that. I did before. that. <laughs> regal, regal, regal. Yep. <laughs> did that and laid it on the table in front of us. And I thought they'd start laughing, but they didn't. They got up and moved. Oh, no. <laughs> so I felt oh. a bit bad about that. But when we got to Oslo, the museum was shut. So we just sort of wandered around until it was time to get the train back again to mm-hmm. Frederickstadt. Mm-hmm. But, but it was quite funny. Now, I think back to some of the naughty things I used to do, <laughs> and I think I have kind of tamed now. Yeah. Well, the kids don't think I have. But... <laughs> I think as you as you progress, because you know, fast forwarding a little bit, um, because I know we can't fit all of it into the conversation, but you did continue to be happily, joyfully, giggly <laughs> together for many many years, and still are together now. Two kids later, four grandkids. Is, is yes. that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. It's forty-seven years. Wow. That. I travelled with him to sea for five years. Our first child, unfortunately, was stillborn. Uh, Nat. Yeah, and yeah. but we we have Angela, we have Stephanie, yeah. and we've got our grandchildren. We've travelled all. Up, we've lived in England and in Papua New Guinea, mm. um, in Washington and in Auckland, and Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And Adelaide, and now Tasmania. Yeah. Oh goodness. And and we're still really happy together. Yeah. Yeah. We are. It's... Now, we often talk about how crazy it was, oh. that, but we both definitely <laughs> do it again. Oh, it... definitely do it again. Because I only heard the very brief overview of you know, how rapidly it happened, and it, Angie's talked about it. A little bit, you know, previously when we've had chats and that sort of thing, and it was just fascinating to me how, oh, how that eventuated and how that happened, and like you said, forty-seven years later and everything. So it's <laughs> quite the story. It's so it's so amazing to, yeah, to hear it, um, hear it in in a little bit more detail from. Think that you, if you know, you know mm. that. And I was never the whole organizing all and everything was not easy. But I, I just knew, yeah. and I wasn't going to give up. Yeah. That. And he says the same. Yeah. That yeah. I don't know what it was. He still makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. I still love the bones of him. Mm-hmm. That. But yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah, it's inspirational, yeah. inspirational. <laughs> yeah, and I loved his folks. I absolutely loved his parents. They were so mm. good to me. Mm. We lived with them for the first three years until we bought our own house. And yeah. his folks, you could see why he was the way he is. Yeah. Because uh-huh. his <laughs> mum and dad were the same and that. They were just the loveliest people. Yeah, yeah. And yes. you never would have imagined yeah. You know, Susie's in the background saying, we need to get to a party today. Let's do something and let's find out. <laughs> I know. Sadly, she and Iva didn't last. They had three children uh-huh. in Scotland and I 
have lost touch, sadly lost touch with both of them. Hmm. Nat, and I would love to know how Susie is now, Nat. But no, they had three children and they ended up having a um, windscreen replacement business right. in Kirimil in Scotland. Yeah. And that was the last I heard of them. Uh-huh. That just yeah. can't find them. Just yeah. can't find them. I mean, they could be in Australia or New Zealand or, or somewhere. We just, well, she could be. I don't know where he is. Yeah, you never know this yes. this book maybe <laughs> this book may end up yes. in their hands one yes. day. Oh, <laughs> that would be so good. That would be so good. Because she was such a funny girl. She really was. Tiny little girl from Wolverhampton. <laughs> I do have some Scottish guests in mind already as well. So mm, you never know. You just it's yeah. <laughs> that'd be good. That would be good. Yeah. That, yeah. Yes. Oh, what a what a yes. great great opportunity just to like I said, just to expand and share a little bit um about oh, your journey and, and that uh, like I feel like we've only just really touched the surface. We almost need a sequel. <laughs> Cool or something. <laughs> we had our ups and downs. Sure. Things, but, you know, yeah. like um, Andy, he got made redundant and that. You know, we, but we, we've had mm. things happen where we just had to sort of pick ourselves up and dust ourselves up and just get on with it. Mm. You know, he, he's gone from um, as somebody with a Master Mariner's ticket to setting up his own home handyman business. Yeah. And we did that until we came in Adelaide until we came down here. Yeah. And oh. it's just he's not the sort of person to back and whinge. Yep. You know, he'll he'll look around for the next thing. What'll I do now? Mm. No. And I I really love that in him that he doesn't give up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Really, really great. Um, one of the questions that I do like to sort of wrap up the conversation with is, do you have a favourite Sunday roast memory that comes to mind with the two of you and the family or anything? Until he ended up with his balance problem, he he was probably the better cook than I was. He could do a really good Sunday roast. Mm. But I think back to my my mum was a really, really good cook. Yeah. That yeah. tonight always hope to emulate her but I always remember making a trying to make a beautiful dinner at our house in England and his mum and dad coming to dinner and I'd made his mum had given me a book from the Tate and Lyle Sugar Company in the UK Mm. all beautiful recipes with sugar Mm. and I made a treacle tart all right and we'd had the roast dinner and we're sitting at the table and trying to cut into this treacle tart and his mum in the end she was so lovely she didn't want to hurt my feelings and she's like oh, let's just break it bits off it we'll just break it and we'll just eat bits of it oh. and so we, oh. we're trying to snap it and she picked a big piece off it and bit it oh. and you could hear the crack and her fault right broke no I was just absolutely <gasps> mortified. I just wanted the ground to open. And his mum and dad, I could still see them. His mum and his dad and Andy just sitting there laughing their heads off at his mum's false plate sitting on the table in two pieces. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, you must so have just wanted I've come to. Come a long way since yeah. my cooking efforts back then. <laughs> you must have wanted to hide under the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It was so bad. It was so hard. But she didn't want, you know, that yeah. you've made a lovely dinner and that. And we're going to manage dessert. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <I> whoops. <laughs> Oh, that's that's a, such a such a wonderful place to to wrap up. And I should laugh about it for years. Oh. That, you know, is it safe to eat dessert? <laughs> oh, that's fabulous. That's so good. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for your time and for sharing. I can't wait to put this all together, and yeah, work okay. a bit of magic and just highlight yourself and Andy and the family and all sorts of things and yeah I watch this space oh well thank you for thinking of me yeah it's been an absolute delight so yeah thank you thank you very much <laughs> what do you think of Anna's story pretty spectacular isn't it <laughs> oh goodness <laughs> Another spectacular story, which is close to my heart and my own story, is a conversation I had with Amy Stevenson. All the way from Cape Town, take a quick listen to what we had to say. But my <laughs> granny wasn't a cook. She wasn't, the, wasn't that kind of granny. Um, she was a games granny. She loved playing games. But our lunch, mm. she realised very early on, she just wanted us to be happy. So she, it evolved from cheese <laughs> on toast, like melted cheese on toast, and then it became yep. melted cheese on a on a burger. But the easy, like the easy stuff, like whatever came in a box, yep. you know, whatever came in an easy package, <laughs> and then it became those margarita oven pizzas with melted cheese on top. And it was Ooh. just it was just an evolution of cheese, really. <laughs> To hear more about current projects and the book, please head over to lindabonnie.com and I gladly welcome you with open arms into the community. Thank you so much for joining us.